All right, should we get going? Should we get into it? Yeah, why not? All right. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to Restless Hi. Spirits. Restless Spirits, everyone. I'm Vin. How are you, Taylor? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Good. Not, I don't have anything exciting to report, really, other than my light being out in my kitchen. Spring is just about here. That's nice. Spring is almost here, which is really good. I think we're finally like catching up now because we've had, we, when we relaunched, we recorded a bunch of episodes mm -hmm. and had them in the can. And then we've kind of been releasing them and recording other episodes in the, in the meantime. And so I was listening to like an episode recently where we were talking about like Valentine's day and we definitely released it like well after Valentine's <laughs> day, but then I think we're finally catching up to like real time. I think so, because this was meant to be a St. Patrick's Day episode. This is meant to be St. Patrick's Day, but um, yeah. life got in the way a little bit. Yes, it did. As but it it's fine, because I don't, I don't, I mean, I can't speak for the stories, but there are, I don't think we're doing any sort of Irish St. Patrick's Day themed thing, mine, so. Mine is not St. Patrick's Day. And honestly, Chicago's really haunted, but well, I We're like doing Chicago, by the way. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. This is Chicago. This our episode yes. of Chicago. Um, Chicago's real haunted. Uh, but I only picked one place to talk about that has a lot of activity. Well, see, I kind of figured with the, all the mob stuff, there would there would be like all sorts of stories and sort of misdirection and yeah. fun stuff that way. Yeah. The reason we were going to St. Patrick's Day, well, Chicago being a massive, a very Irish city. Very Irish, yeah. And I was thinking of how they dyed the Chicago. I think it is just called the Chicago River, bright green on St. Patrick's Day. Is it called Day. the Chicago? That sounds right. I don't know. I thought it was work. called the Chicago River. I'll trust the river in that. Chicago. We're just going to go with that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the Chicago River. So we're just going to. Oh, gonna there you go. It. Yeah. And then that was my thought for the drink this week. My first thought was it's going to be a cheap shit beer dyed green like everyone has on St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. <laughs> like they do in Chicago. It's fine. But, but instead, we went with something different. And I'm glad that we did. We did. But we will talk about that later. Yeah. First, we have first, to talk about Chicago. First, we'll talk about Chicago. Yes. Have you ever been, Taylor? I have never been to Chicago. Mm. I, I went for a week after high school. Okay. Oh, you spent a whole week there. Mm-hmm. It was me and my friend John. It was our first well, only road trip. And oh, so you drove all the way there. That we how drove was that? there. How long of a drive is that from Virginia? It was about 13 hours. Oh, that's a long time. I mean, that's a road we, trip. Yeah. 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 We it was considerably longer than that because we got lost with about 45 minutes in. That happens. We realized 45 we minutes for... in? You weren't even out of the state yet. Oh, no, no. We realized when we saw signs for Blacksburg that we were going the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like 2005 where it was literally pull over, look at the damn map. Oh, yeah. I was going to say you wouldn't have um, GPS quite yet. No. MapQuest, no. maybe. Maybe. But I think we had that in some maps. And yeah, it was literally like, oh God, we are a hundred miles off course already. This is gonna go great. <laughs> this is after high school. Yeah, summer after high school. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you were still a youngin'. Yeah. Yeah, I was a baby. High school's really I I realize now that at like 29, high school was a really long time ago and I was a very different person. My 20th reunion will be in four years. I just had my 10 year mm -hmm. uh, right before, I think before, like right before COVID sort of wow. the world before COVID is very weird. It was in September of 2019. Gotcha. 
So not, I mean, if you think about it, the world shut down in like March of 2020, like a year ago. Mm -hmm. The world just shut down. And so really September wasn't that long before that. I've got a spot on my computer screen, but it's on my nose. It made it look like I had a spot on my nose. That would be distracting. I'm sorry. I have to deal with that. But I'm good now. Mm. It's fine. But yeah, spent a week in Chicago, saw the sights, really enjoyed it. Have not been back since, but I would like to go. So what are some of the sites in Chicago? I feel like I don't really like, you said Chicago and I was like, oh, I know a lot about Chicago. And then I started looking and I was like, I know nothing about Chicago, like nothing. <laughs> I mean, Oprah and Obama, that's like all I got. Right. Well, you know, they're building his library in around Hyde Park. So that will be okay. the next couple of years. That'll be open. The architecture is what did it for me. Like, it's just, it's like this mix of like Gothic art deco and then sort of like modernist in the middle. That's yeah. like really neat. You know, there was a great fire in Chicago, like 1870 something. So they had a chance to rebuild completely and replan. So it's like a very like wide open city. Like okay. obviously they didn't have cars yet, but you know, they it, it was planned for like coaches and stuff. You could see that everything's real wide, real yeah. wide and big. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the third most populous urban area in the nation, which I didn't know. Like I knew it was big, yeah. but I think it was like that, that big. It was funny because um, we talk about like market size mm-hmm. and, and working in TV, you talk about like your market size mm-hmm. and we're a pretty, Richmond's a pretty middle of the way market, mm-hmm. but I remember Chicago being pretty high on the, on the list and being like, oh, cause it's like a top 10 market. Well, um, it makes sense when, you know, what else is out in that kind of Midwest area? It's just yeah, really not. Is it like, I mean, is it the biggest city in the Midwest? It, I mean, by a mile. Gotta be. Yeah. Like Indianapolis is nearby, but like that can't that can't. And then be like crazy. Milwaukee and Yeah. And then like what Omaha? Like it's just Yeah. <laughs> those are those those are cities in different leagues. They just they just are. Yeah. 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 I would like to do a Milwaukee episode. Milwaukee would be really cool. We'll put yeah. it on the list. It's honestly, I'm just thinking that I want to drink like an old beer that's called like Schlitz or something. Because it just feels very Milwaukee. It does that yeah. does feel very Milwaukee. I feel like yeah. Milwaukee has to have ghosts. I mean, they have a lot of serial killers out that way. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. There's like nothing to do in the Midwest. So <laughs> I think that they just sort of I'm like, well, I gotta do something. Might as well kill a bunch of people. Well, transition, not so in Chicago. There's lots to do there. There's, I mean, you got to tell me some things. I'm totally blanking on, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Chicago in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. but when I'm like, yeah, I got to go out to Chicago to do. Well, if you're a train nerd, it's the nation's largest railway hub. Again, okay. it's smack in the middle. That makes yeah. total sense. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. The architecture is super nice. Um, there's this stretch of Michigan Avenue called the Magnificent Mile. It's like. Imagine Fifth Avenue, but like wide open. Oh, I've of heard of like the Magnificent oppressive. Mile. I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's beautiful. Um, there's lots of, um, the architect, Frank Lloyd Wright, designed lots of houses and buildings in the area. So okay. that's really pretty. That's and really cool. I, I'm sort of an architecture nerd in that like, I, like, I don't understand any like the science behind architecture, <laughs> but they're real pretty and I want to see Yeah, them. it's cool they to look have, at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Parks, we mentioned Hyde Park, but then there's also Millennium Park. That's like that big, like, is there also like a big, like, bean thing there? there Lincoln Park? Uh, Yes, that's also a park. Yep. Not the band. 
No. No. <laughs> Although I'm not going to say anything bad about Lincoln Park because my wife loves Lincoln Park. Oh, loves, okay. loved. Mike still. Don't know. They've not, my dad. Yeah. My dad likes Lincoln Park. Really? Yeah. Paul's uh, Paul contains multitudes. You would be surprised by some of the stuff my dad listens to. Paul's got layers. Okay. Paul's got layers. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to imagine him at a light, just like you know, storming the storm steering wheel, just like he loves Lincoln Park. He loves Rage just, Against the Machine. He loves. Um, I I don't know if he still does, but mm-hmm. he had like every album by Limp Biscuit. Wow. At one point, yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that one, but that's and then he like. And he's always telling me, I mean, he loves classic rock. And like, that's where I learned a lot of my classic rock stuff. But right. Like, um, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Paul contains multitudes. <laughs> there we go. I can look forward to the Paul episode. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Oh, man. My dad would be fun to have on. Yeah. So the other thing at the, at first, that Chicago is well known for, and I actually got to see, go in person, was the Second City. The that I do know about Second City. I love yes. that. Yeah, super legendary. You know, practically a breeding ground for comedians and for SNL talent in particular. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just here's the list of comedians: Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, John, and to a lesser degree, Jim Belushi, Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert, Bill Murray, Alan Alda, Dan Aykroyd, Chris Farley, Eugene Levy, Tim Meadows. Like, and the list just keeps on keeps going. going. And it's bananas. Oh, and I feel like Tim Meadows is so underappreciated. I he's love absolutely underappreciated. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's all he was, he was always a, one of my favorite cast members. He was, he was great at like the, at that straight man stuff. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Because like that mid '90s SNL was like really wild and insane, and then I I miss that era of SNL, mm. and so, like I think I think SNL is great right now. I you know. I think that they have done a really great job with political stuff, but like, I miss yeah, I sort of think they've outlived their usefulness. Sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, my I sort of think they've outlived it. I, I feel like they're a little too afraid to bite in the way they used to. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The one thing I did not do in Chicago that I kind of that I meant to just never got around to it was try deep dish pizza. I've never okay. had deep dish pizza. Did you have you had it before at all? I mean. I don't think like what chains around here, what restaurants around here have is really called, it, it could be the same as that. So, so I don't there think is, so. I went to a place in DC. This is when I lived up in DC mm-hmm. and they have a pizza place and now I'm not going to be able to think of what it's called. Mm-hmm. Wasn't we the pizza, but it had a similar like cutesy name. Right. And they had deep dish pizza. Mm-hmm. And I had never really had it before. Not I've been to Uno's, right? Like the right. chain. I've heard of that. I've not been, but I've heard of it. Yeah. I mean, it's a chain pizza place. It's not yeah. terrible. It's not, it's not great. It's right. just what it is. But I went there and I like really saucy pizza. I do too. So okay. someone was like, well, you would probably like deep dish. So we ordered a deep dish pizza for the table. And... You know, it's not, it's almost more like a pie. It's almost not like a pro, like a, like an actual pie, not like, oh, yo, that's a pizza pie, but like, right, 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 right. Um, it's like pizza casserole. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I would, I would try it. Yeah. I'd, it seems very, very rich. So I need like to split it amongst six, six people. Yeah, it's not something yeah. you can like have like, I don't know. I feel like I can sit down and eat like a few slices of like a New York style or something like that. But, right. Like, can't do that with not, deep not, dish. No. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. So that's Chicago. In that's a very, Chicago. very I'm brief I'm trying to think of anything else to talk about with Chicago. Gangsters. I feel like it's one of those cities that like slips beneath the radar, but but like has no excuse to. Like it's a, yeah. it's a genuinely cool place to visit. You know, like don't go in November or just or like right. you know November through like March. But which is really, ice cold, miserable. But. There's a really cool song by this band called. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. They were a band that came and played at Mary Washington. Mm-hmm. And just like I happened to catch it, and then I was like, "Oh, now I need to buy this record." Mm-hmm. Humming house, humming, humming house, yeah. And their first record came out in 2012, and they have a song called "Cold Chicago," and I became obsessed with this song. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna play it for Ben. I'll cut it out of the okay. actual because I don't want us to get in trouble. But I really did become like obsessed with this song. See, I was listening to Sufjan Stevens the other day, and he's got the whole album dedicated to Illinois. So there's a song in there called Chicago that came just the other morning when I was in the car. Oh, I like mm-hmm. him. I do too. He was supposed to do an album for every state and then stopped after two. <laughs> I mean, so, fair. I don't know. Then, then just don't say you're going to do 50 states. Just... Yeah. It almost sounds like someone was trying to recreate the, a sound of Chicago without ever having been to Chicago. Like, <laughs> hey, there's lots of like Irish, Polish, Italian. Let's just yeah. smash that shit together and they just were, go with it. They were this weird like band. I think they might have been like out of Nashville. Okay. And it was like a chick and a bunch of dudes. I feel like, okay, I feel like they came out around the same time as like Head in the Heart and right. lumineers and it was that kind of sound of like mm-hmm. we've got a banjo and a guy playing upright bass and like mm-hmm. we look yeah, so like, we're, we look like we rolled off the farm um so but cool. right i don't mean that in a negative way because i really like that band and i like the head and the heart and i liked this band too so so, this, so someone just saw like old crow medicine show i thought we could do that like every yeah. other person in appalachia <laughs> thought 10 years yeah, ago basically <laughs> yeah but um, anyway, I became obsessed with that song. And then I was like, I know nothing about Chicago. I don't want to go to Chicago. I'm not looking to go to Chicago. But I would. I would go to Chicago. I would go. I would, I would go. go in the warm months. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be cold. Of the, of like America's like great, like big cities, it seems to be by far the most like livable and affordable. Like, and like accessible, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It feels mm-hmm. like one of those places that like, yes, it's a city, but they don't know they're a city. Yeah. Yeah, Do they have like public transit and stuff? They have an excellent uh, metro system. Yes. Oh, awesome! We mm-hmm. love that. It was very easy to use. Like, I'm not a city person. I'm really not. Like, I've been in New York City, hated it, hated it. Went to Philly, wasn't thrilled, but I liked Chicago a lot. Yeah. So, I've been. Uh-huh. I'm. I like cities, but I like smaller cities. Yeah. 
I like, cause New York felt overwhelming to me. Yes. I felt the same way. And I felt like I, I, <laughs> I went with a friend. I, well, she was living there at the time. She was living in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and I went to go visit her and I was like apologizing to people on the subway where I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me, pardon me. And she's like, oh my God, you're so Virginian. Like, let's just go. Like you were so (laughs) Southern. Yeah. She's like, they don't expect you to say you're sorry. They don't expect, they're going to run into you and not say sorry. We just need to walk. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. Um, It just felt really good. a friend who lived in like in little Ukraine in like a seventh floor walk up above a restaurant. And I was just like, and it was June. And it was just like, this yeah. is miserable. Yeah. Why would anyone be spend any time here? Yeah. It was, it was, it's, it was very overwhelming. But I mean, we went to the Met and I was like, this is amazing. Right. But, uh, um, but I really liked, but I lived in DC for a while mm-hmm. and I love DC. I love right. DC. I love, um, I lived in Northwest, but I loved going to, to the different mm-hmm. quadrants and I like, my sister and I would meet up on the weekends and go to Eastern market together when that was open and like do the farmer's market thing. I Mm -hmm. just like, I love that aspect of like having things close and walkable and having fun, like local spots that you can go to that aren't the run of the mill chain places. And I I mean, there's some of that in Richmond. I feel like Richmond is not the most walkable of cities. No, I don't think it is. Um, which I miss. Like, that's the thing. Like, I've sadly, Richmond is probably the biggest city we've ever lived in. Yeah. So it's fine, but it's not really a city. It's sort of. Yeah, I, I get that. It doesn't, I, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't I have a city feel to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DC, I think, is the, the biggest city I lived in. It, mm-hmm. It's like proper city. And I would take the Met. I didn't have a car when I lived there. Right. Would you, the well, metro. you wouldn't need one. I didn't need it. Right. Yeah. Right. If I couldn't metro or take the bus, I could grab, I mean, in pre-COVID days, I could just grab, a, you know, an Uber and it wasn't crazy expensive. And right. I like, I at one point lived in a very cute neighborhood. I lived, um, to give anyone who lives in DC sort of an idea, I lived sort of on the border between Mount Pleasant and Columbia Heights which is a very cool kind of almost artsy type Mount Pleasant was really cute. Mount Pleasant was very small, kind of felt residential, but still in the city, everything's super walkable, a bunch of mom and pop shops that you could go to just kind of lined up Mount um, Columbia Heights is a little bit of a bigger neighborhood, but still um, lots of, a lot of really fun stuff to do and walk walkable to other places. Cause like, Oh, good. Right. Yeah, other neighborhoods. It just I miss I do miss that. Yeah, Richmond doesn't shamefully have much of that and the transit isn't ideal. No, and now like now I live in Scott's Edition and Scott's Edition is really cool, but it's not like it's not the mo- the easiest place to walk around and No, you still need a car really. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. That's Chicago. That's Chicago. They have a great metro system, apparently. <laughs> yes, yes. Public I transit. enjoy their transit got there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what are we drinking, Vin? What, what is the drink of Chicago? 
the drink of Chicago is ironically not a particularly Chicago drink. Um, it's called the Chicago Fizz. And I picked it because it had the word fizz in it. And I thought we haven't done a fizz drink. We haven't done There's like, there's, you know, gin fizzes and like, you know, there's lots of fizz drinks and I don't think we've done one yet. Yeah. So there's not actually a whole lot of history on how this one came about. Okay. Can't even prove that it was from Chicago. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of acknowledged that it was from Chicago, but like most of these signs I'm able to pick it down to like a bar or like, you know, a certain bartender. Nope. Don't have any of that this time. This sort of it was created in Chicago pre-prohibition and then sort of just wandered around. So no definitive history there. It oddly enough got real popular at the Waldorf Astoria Bar in New York City. Oh, because okay. of course, why not? Like, yeah. Yeah. Where the barman, who's got a great name, Albert S. Crockett. We have so many good names. Yeah. Like Old timey names that we talk about. And that is a that's a good one. You don't meet a lot of Crockett's anymore. No, really you don't. Mm-mm. Shame though, but yeah. he, there was a book called the Old War, Wal, Old Waldorf Astoria Bar Book in 1935, and for the Chicago Fizz it said, "The Chicago Fizz was an importation from the Windy City long before bombs, machine guns, and sawed-off shotguns had come to dis- disturb its peaceful life." <laughs> That's a great description. I love Isn't that. It Isn't it? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, but it gives you a great view of like what the rest of the country thought. This madhouse Chicago that's just like, you know, crazy mob violence and like yeah. Tommy guns and yeah. craziness. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is John Mulaney from Chicago? I don't know, but his whole vibe has always been felt very Midwest. So, so I think I don't know. I think he is because I, I want to say I'm a huge I'm a huge John Mulaney fan. Yes, you are. And I want to say the comeback kid mm-hmm. that I think that's about Chicago. I think mm-hmm. like he talks about being from Chicago and growing up in Chicago. And I don't know why, but I think of John Mulaney when you're talking about like the madness of the like gangsters and everything in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think about that time where he's like. Mo- like mobsters used to like dress up for the robbery. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and they yeah, would like they, they take credit top. for it and like shoot suggins into the wall. All of this Boy, I, I caught to. I, I am I am quoting a John Mulaney thing. I do not think that I am John Mulaney and I do not think that I am as funny as he is, and I'm not trying to rip off his jokes. <laughs> he was born in Chicago and his mom was a professor at Northwestern. So there you go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I knew I knew he talked about Chicago. So I guess I do know one thing about Chicago, John Mulaney. There you go. But there you go, more comedy kind of brilliance coming from Chicago. Yeah, I guess I mean, they breed them real funny out there. It must be something they, in they the They must do. I mean, it must be really cold. What else do you do but sit inside and just like write material? You have, you have two options. You have well, murder or comedy. There you go. And... Some choose murder, but... Well, I guess when you say your boy killed out there, you've got choices now. Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I like that. There well, we go. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We're done. All right. That's, that's this <laughs> week's week show. <laughs> Later, y'all. We can pack up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when to finish my fizz and just and sign out. So what's in the fizz? Okay. So... The fizz, it um, 
one ounce. Well, I'll just go through the ingredients first. Yeah. We've got rum, dark rum. Mm-hmm. We've got lemon juice. We've got sugar or simple syrup. It doesn't matter. Club soda and egg white. Now, we've done one egg white drink before, just yeah. one. Don't be scared. The alcohol will kill whatever you're worried about. If you're really worried, they sell pasteurized eggs. So you can use those and it'll be yeah. just fine. And what that does is it get, gives the drink like a little, like a, like a head almost, like you would from a beer. And then the actual cocktail has like a silky, almost like a sm- really smooth quality to it. Yeah, it does. I feel like I maybe could have shaken mine for a little longer. You do have to be very aggressive with the shake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This I drink did, also has. I got the fit. I mean, I got the like the head foam. on it. Yeah. yeah, the foam. You did. Thank you. Yeah. And this drink also has port. And this is our first port usage. It is our first show. time using port. And we yeah. we had talked a little bit about it. I like port and I've had port mm. before, but you had not. Yeah, I was a port virgin. I had never tried port before tonight. So mm. um what it is is it, it's a fortified wine. It's wine where they add extra alcohol in the middle of the fermentation process. And as a result, it's stronger and sweeter mm-hmm. than traditional wines. So you can, you, it's very common to have as a dessert drink. Yeah. You know, port and cheese is a thing for sure. Oh yeah. Um, we used, at least I used a ruby port. I don't know. You did if as well. You, yeah. you did as well. So a ruby port is basically named for the color. Obviously it's very, very red. It's, a younger port like it's not aged the same way like wine is mm-hmm. but so it's very very red very very fruity very very sweet yeah. there's ruby ports there's tawny ports which are aged yes. in barrels those are a little more brown because of the aging process they oxidize a little bit yeah. um those are not as sweet because of the extra time fermenting and aging and i believe there's also like white pine ports but i'm i don't i have no idea yeah that's, i don't know i was I've only, so I've only, I think I like ports. I've had them at wineries and Mm -hmm. my uncle and my cousin and my sister and her husband are really big into ports. And so we'll do them like as after dinner drinks quite often when we're all together as a family. Mm -hmm. So I've had ports from like different places. But as I was telling you, like, I was like, I don't like, they're all from wineries, like specialty wineries. <laughs> and so I right. think I've only had Ruby ports right. before, but I'm a Which big makes sense. You make, make the wine kind of throw extra booze in there and kind of pump them out. Like it, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Um, port is one of those things that's like, it's like champagne where like it can only be called or really should only be called port if it's from a certain area of Portugal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a place, I can't remember the name. Only. Under the European Union protected designation of origin guidelines, oh, only products from Portugal are allowed to be called port. Oh. So, okay. yeah, All produced right. in the Douro Valley of northern Portugal. Okay. Yeah, received its name in the latter half of the 17th century from the seaport city of Porto in Douro. Okay. Or like at the, at the Douro River. So, there you go. There you so, go. I don't know what we had tonight, but clearly it wasn't allowed to be port. Hmm. Hold on. Let me let me see what I have. Right. This is bottled in Oporto. The one that I have. In Portugal. Possibly. Oh, you might have the good stuff. Mine is bottled in. Yeah, Oporto. it's a product. It's a product of Portugal. Excellent. Yeah. You got the real thing. 
I think I've got the real deal here. Um, yeah. to, to be to to say what I have, I have um, it's Finesco Finesca Porto. It's their reserve um, bin number twenty seven. Yeah, and it does Neat. say port on it, so it must be the real right, the real McCoy. Hmm. Well, how about that? Bottle. Hmm. It came in a tin. Oh, like the bottle came in a tin and I was like, this is very fancy. But then it was like 15 bucks. And I was like, hmm, this seems very fancy for $15. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, at least even if it was, it was cheap. It was the real thing. It was so the real thing. Yeah. It's from Portugal. For authenticity. Yeah. It does All say right. Vito de Porto. So I think, I think this is the. The real thing, and then there yours you was from a Virginia winery. It was, it was. I don't remember which one, but I will, I will find out. Yeah. When I go for a refill. Yeah, because I'm definitely going to have a glass of port after this. Yeah, I think I'm going to as well. But first, if you want to make Chicago fizz, I should probably tell you how. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we got excited no, about port. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna take your cocktail shaker and fill it with ice, and then you're gonna add in half an ounce of lemon juice, a half teaspoon of super fine sugar, or a simple syrup. I use sugar this time just because yeah, felt like it. Why not? Didn't so, how did you yeah. make it super fine? What does that? Uh, like, I just took some like a bunch of regular granulated sugar, and I just used a mortar and pestle to kind of grind it down. You can also use a food processor and just kind okay. of keep it around, you know, batch. Don't go too crazy with the food processor because we're not trying to make like powdered sugar. Right. There's yeah, that would just get that wouldn't that would clump when you mix it in, and then that's yeah. a whole disaster yeah we don't need that no um you add in your egg white you add in an ounce of ruby port and an ounce of dark rum mm -hmm. you know then you're gonna shut your shaker and then shake like hell for a good 30 seconds you want to get that egg white really incorporated and as you add air from the shaking it foams up yeah and that's what when you pour out the drink into your you know either use a collins or a highball glass you're going to see like it's going to be like really kind of silky almost and then this mm -hmm. beautiful head's going to come up yeah and then once you pour your drink you add a little bit of club soda just kind of to taste just to sort yeah. of help thin it out a little bit and, and give it some fizz i guess and, and some additional fizz and it's delicious i like yeah, it it's really good i'm a fan mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i didn't have any sugar in my house at all which uh i thought i did uh, i have literally no idea where it went mystery Perhaps a ghost took it and who knows? Mm -hmm. So mine, I think could have been a little sweeter, but I, I really like it. You can also add agave if you've got that. I don't see any reason why that wouldn't work just as well. I don't have any of that either. I had honey, but I didn't think honey would be quite the same. Honey would be a bit much, I think. Because honey has its own distinct like flavor. Yeah, and, and it's a great flavor, but the drink would just taste of honey and then it would yeah, I don't think it's not quite the same. Yeah. Mm -mm. So that's the Chicago Fizz. It's a pretty easy drink. Yeah. Yeah. Port's not super expensive. Like Taylor said, hers bought her ball was what, 15 bucks. So 15 bucks. Yeah. It's and that great was like the average that I was right. seeing. It was kind of like around 15, 15, 20, right. which, yeah. I mean, is not that far off of what you'd pay for a good bottle of wine. No, and it's very, very drinkable. Very yeah. easy to drink. So yeah. that's important, everyone. Yeah, drink port. Mm -hmm.
if you yeah. take no other message from this episode is like go get yourself a, a bottle of port and this port message this podcast brought to you by the port council <laughs> in portugal yeah. <laughs> apparently <laughs> um yeah i i like it and i i'm gonna have a glass of port here in a minute of just port i'm gonna go get one right now you know i'm gonna do the same thing cool so i used a little white bowl to pour out the port because i was pre-measuring everything uh-huh yeah that bowl is red now yeah <laughs> I Port actually, stains, everyone. It's funny. I dropped. So like my, my bottle of port, I don't know if yours had like a little cork that you pull out. Yes. The cork like fell into my drink and then like, I guess it still had some like residue on it. And like, it was a mess. So my port is from Horton Vineyards in Orange County, mm-hmm. Virginia. Not the cool Orange County. No. I mean, still could be cool. Could be. A blend of the traditional Toriga Nacional and Tinta Cow or Sal. I don't actually know. Hmm. So I don't know. At least they're tempting Portuguese grapes. Mine is delicious. I gotta admit, I was um, used to drier red wines. Mm-hmm. So this takes some getting used to because I remember drinking like absolute crap cheap wine that was very sweet oh yeah you know when i was you know 1920 yeah so it takes me back not a great way (laughs) this to me i think it like oh it has like a warming quality Mm -hmm. mine does at least where it like has that like warming like my chest feels warm when i drink it in like the best way this does hit the back of this really nicely and mine i will say is a little more brown i don't know can i see what color yours is oh, pretty similar yeah around the edges i can it look it does a, a great ruby color yeah mm. all right are we ready to talk about ghosts i suppose you if we must ready to talk about ghosts i'm ready for more port let's do it hold on i got port on my hand all right so i did a lot of i I will tell you, I had trouble deciding what I wanted to do this week. Oh. And I ended up going with the Congress Plaza Hotel. Okay. Um, I really like doing haunted hotels. I think this is the second one we've done so far. At least. At least. But I almost... Okay, I'll get to it. I'll get to it in a second, what I almost picked. And then we can have okay. a conversation. We can have a sidebar. Oh. A little, I'm going to tease this, that we will have a little true crime sidebar in this story. Okay. That almost became the entire episode. Dang, okay. Okay. But I chose to go with the Congress Plaza Hotel because I feel like we we needed to do some real spooky stuff. We've done some stuff that is like, more like with our Miami episode, we did a little bit more weird, less yes, haunted. Yes, this is this is a true haunted, but let me give you a little history on the Congress Hotel. So it was originally known as the Auditorium Annex, and it was the hotel that was built in 1893 to house visitors going to the Chicago World's Fair. Okay. 
It was built by the famous developer, developer RH Southgate, and initially it was built to complement the auditorium building, the Lewis Sullivan's auditorium building that was like right across the street. So people could like travel in between the two places pretty easily. But between 1903 and 1909, the hotel underwent several expansions, adding a south tower to the building, several ballrooms, event spaces, kind of became a bigger deal. It was renamed gotcha. the Congress Hotel in 1911. Mm. It's had a lot of different owners and it has ha served a lot of different purposes. Um, at one point, it was home to the Benny Goodman show, which was an NBC radio show. It was, it was recorded there. Mm -hmm. Sure. Following the outbreak of World War II, the U.S. government actually bought out the hotel and used it as headquarters for the U.S. Army officers. Oh. Um, but the hotel became public again in the 1950s. A lot of famous people have stayed there, particularly presidents. It's actually been called... Um, the home of presidents, okay. and it has been the site for more than a few political conventions, rallies, and caucuses. And actually, in 1912, it was the site where um, Theodore Roosevelt announced the creation of the Bull Moose Party. Nice. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. But, like, a bunch of presidents have stayed there over the course of history, mm. and a bunch of rallies have been held there, and conventions, and caucuses, and very political. And there have been some famous guests, including Al Capone. I'll get to that. I'll get to that in a moment. Of course. Of course. Um, but along with all its famous guests and history, the hotel has also been the site of a number of deaths and suicides. There were so many suicides at this hotel that, like, I, I, I've listed a few here. But there were so many, like, this is just a handful of deaths and suicides that happened at the hotel. So I, there's like four or five here, but like, it's just a, just a sample. Okay. A sample um, suicide. A husband and wife seemingly entered into a suicide pact in 1916 in one of the rooms. The husband was found dead, having taken cyanide. The wife was found there and she had also taken cyanide, but she wasn't dead yet. And she says that she, or she said at the time that she accidentally took the cyanide while she was trying to get to her Epsom salts. And a few days later though, the wife checked into another hotel and threw herself out of a window. Oh, okay. All right. So, in 1939, a mother brought her two sons to the hotel and threw, and um, they stayed there for a few weeks. And then she threw herself and the children out of, um, there's some debate whether it was the 12th or the 13th floor. I actually have more on this story. This is actually confirmed. Um, and I'll have more on that later when I get to the hauntings. This is already horrifying. Great. Yeah. In 1904, it said that an elevator operator fell 70 feet to the subfloor. He died on impact. I'd hope so. In 1926, a woman took a wrong step and ended up falling squeezed down an elevator shaft to her death. And here's my true crime sub. Yeah. I don't love that you could just like accidentally step in the wrong place and fall down an elevator shaft. I don't love that. I mean, that, that, that sounds like every video game I play. Like, it just takes a wrong turn and I'm off a cliff, just tumbling. <laughs> yeah. 
but this would be real life. <laughs> yeah. And a lot, a lot more final feels like. Yeah. I wouldn't be like down, you know, mid fall going, this is just like Mario Kart. God damn it. Like, yeah. Hmm. Or maybe you would, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've never fallen. I'll let death. you know. No, I won't let you know. <laughs> <laughs> you will. You'll let me know. <laughs> That's on the crypto right. <laughs> this isn't exactly this isn't exactly related to the deaths in the hotel, but this is my true crime sidebar and what I almost made the episode about. Okay. Which is then how, how much do you know about HH Holmes? What does the HH stand for? Oh, he had a lot of different names. Oh great. Is it Al Capone's story? Like, no, he is America's. He is believed to be America's first serial killer. Oh, I did not know this. Okay. Yeah, so H. H. Holmes, or hold on, let me find. He does have a full name, but he used a lot of like aliases. Okay. Also known as Herman Webster Mudgett. That's a great name. Or Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, or H. H. Holmes. Oh. And he had, uh, he, he was, he was a fella. Um, <laughs> he was an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. He was apparently very uh, good looking, very okay. handsome, kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, Ted Bundy type guy where he would meet people and usually women and lure them back to his house and turns out his house is not exactly a house but a murder castle is often what it is referred to i mean that sounds like a ball he confessed to killing 27 people but it is believed that he killed as many as 200 people god and he did a lot of it during the world's fair because there were a lot of people in town who were not from town so. from there. Um, so them going missing during the world's fair, not quite as suspicious. Maybe you'd think after like 60, the thrill goes away. Not for this guy. And, and Apparently in fact, not. so I was going to do a whole bit. On went, his away, went away from me. I was going to do a lot on his murder castle, mm. but I decided to go with something a little bit tamer. Um, okay. <laughs> But he did. I mean, he would have, he had several different builders work on this house so that no one knew the true outline, the true blueprint of it. There were secret compartments and secret rooms and Mm -hmm. tunnels and all sorts of things. And when people went in there to like search and when he was actually arrested, like they were finding bodies, like it was nobody's business. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, we could have done a whole episode on H.H. H. Holmes. I find him terrifying and horrifying and I like true crime. But yeah, he's a he's a character. And if you have time, you should check him out. But it said that he would actually hang out in the lobby of the Congress Hotel at that time. It was the the auditorium annex. But he would hang out in the lobby of the hotel. And that's where he would like scope out some of his potential victims. Oh right, he just picked it out. Yeah, it just in just like in, in public. Yeah, That's right. and he would go and talk to them and be like, "Hey, do you want to come, come back, back to, to my mine?" Place? And then you would oh, die. Right, right, great. Yeah. Good, great. Mm. 
there is a book about him called The White Devil in the Windy City. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think, damn it, my wife has a book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And that's about H.H. Holmes. So Interesting. that's my little true crime sidebar. Mm-hmm. Um, well, while we're doing sidebars. Yeah. If someone, if you go to a hotel, do they have to tell you if someone's committed suicide there? Like, should they have to tell you? Like, Miss Brandon, you've got room 316. You should know someone killed themselves there. Do you still want the room? Depends on how long ago it happened. If it happened like the week before, they'll right. probably close off that room. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if it happened in 1909, who's going to tell me? Like, I'm just saying, like, I mean, this is someone who doesn't believe, but if someone died in that room, I would at least want to know. Yeah, that's fair. Also, like, I also want, like, I'm, I'm interested in what the cutoff is. It's like, Someone died in that room six months ago. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea what they're... That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there have also been hotels where, like, murders have happened. <laughs> right. It's like, well, we uh, to this to is, death. Whether it be suicide, whether it be room, murder. It's one of our finest rooms. It uh, Now, I will tell you, uh, mm-hmm. a double murder did occur in this particular room, but mm-hmm. it's got a great view. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about... I mean, I guess they don't really have to tell you anything. No, they don't have to, but I'm saying, like, should they have to? But this is a very deep question, and I don't mm-hmm. really know. I don't know what their obligation is. Me neither. But I just thought, would you want to know? I don't know that I would. I don't know that I'd want to know. Mm -hmm. But I am going to get into the hauntings now. So go on. (laughs) Sorry. No, it's okay. No, because I'm I'm really actually thinking about that, and I don't really know how what to think. Not I. I don't know what to think. I don't know what I think. I don't know. I don't know what I would want. Because I am a believer, right? So, right. like, mm-hmm. if you tell me that, like, three people did commit suicide in this room, uh, FYI, I'm going to be like, I'm going to kind of, let's think on this because there is something coming up that will kind of bring this question up again. Okay. Okay. Ooh. All right. So one paranormal investigator in Chicago said that he's conducted a number of different investigations in the hotels since 18, since 1989. And he has found 47 distinctly haunted rooms in the hotel, not counting ballrooms and meeting rooms, which also have their own hauntings. It's a very large hotel. 47 rooms doesn't really seem too terrible. No, when I, when you say that, I think quaint. It feels quaint. How quaint! Especially yeah. when we talk about like the Queen Mary, which had like over a hundred. Do you remember when we did the Queen Mary? I do. Had, like a hundred different distinct ghosts. Like, come on, mm-hmm. Congress mm-hmm. Hotel. Who do you think you? This is on a boat. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> You're gonna have to step your game up. Just step it up bit. just a little bit. Please. Just a touch. So I. 
because it's Chicago, of course, there is some, you know, gang mobster history here. It said that Al Capone uh, would play a card game every Friday night in one of the meeting rooms at the hotel. There's also a rumor that Capone actually owned the Congress Hotel at one point, but I don't know how accurate that is. So don't like quote me on it. I mean, they got the guy on what, tax fraud or tax evasion? So who knows what he was doing? Who knows? Um, One thing that is absolutely true about the hotel is that Jake Greasy Thumb Gusick called Al Capone in Palm Island, Florida from the Congress Hotel before Mm -hmm. and after the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Okay. And if you're lucky enough or unlucky enough, I suppose, as it, as the case may be, you can catch a glimpse of Al Capone's ghost still wandering the halls of the Congress hotel. He doesn't do much from what I could tell you just, he's just there. Uh, He doesn't jump out at you. He doesn't like try to scare you. Right. Or anything like that. So you just see him around. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's very Al Capone though. Very aloof. Mm -hmm. Really, that's kind of the mob thing of like he right. was in charge, so like he wasn't going to get his hands dirty. Right. He was going to be in Florida mm-hmm. while seven members of a rival gang were shot to pieces. Good God! And that's the St. Valentine's Day massacre, obviously. Right. So, I mentioned earlier that a mother jumped to her death along with her two sons. She was a woman from Prague. Her name was Adele Langer. Her family was seeking asylum here in the U.S. And while she and her sons were able to secure six-month travel visas, her husband was still trapped in Prague. So they waited at the hotel for a couple of months to hear word about her husband and whether or not he was going to be able to get to come over. And I got to this point where, like, I guess she was just so distraught about, like, her husband not being there, them not being sure about his status, their visa expiring soon, and being afraid of being sent back to Prague, that she took her two sons and jumped out of a window. Goodness. One of the interesting things about this story is kind of come, I mean, obviously, it's terribly tragic. But it said that when the bodies were brought to the morgue after their deaths, one of the children's body never made it to the morgue. What, just get diverted somehow? I have no idea. It's like a mystery. His body just like disappeared. But apparently his spirit has not. Um, Oh, great. (laughs) A lot of the activity that I'm about to talk about takes place on the 12th and 13th floors. So there is some debate whether or not she jumped out of the 12th story window or the 13th story window. Who's counting? There's there's said to be a little boy who runs about 10 years old, who runs through the halls. Um, He's often seen wearing like knee high britches and then like button up boots. Adorable. Precious. He's not, he's known for being rather mischievous. He is often credited with going into people's rooms and turning lights on and off. That scam. I know. And he will also steal guests um, the keys to their room. 
Oh, okay. And, and and then you're like, where's my key? And you're like, come on, give my key back. And then like it'll show up in a random place. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like. That's I, just absent-mindedness. I feel like ghost children are often really terrifying, but when they're like playing around, I'm like, that's kind mm-hmm. of adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of like that. That like upon going up to the fourth floor i'm not i'm sorry not the fourth the 12th floor they'll Mm -hmm. feel like this like overwhelming sense of like despondency and fear and panic almost like they are channeling the feelings of a dowlinger okay and whether that's a haunting or just sort of like they already know the story right to me, are these hotels like, handing out booklets as you walk in? Like, here's here are the hauntings. So I'll get to that later, but no. Um, okay. Not like in other hotels we've talked about where they're very like open mm-hmm. about their hauntings. Right. Another famous resident, if you will, <laughs> otherworldly resident, mm-hmm. is Pegleg Johnny. Oh, for Christ's sake. This who is sounds, good. Who sounds like he should be a mobster of some sort, but he's not. He was a homeless man who somehow found his way into the hotel um, and lived there for a couple of weeks, months, years, who knows. Johnny is also said to be rather, you know, playful. Why would you be a ghost then? If you're not going to, like, if you're just going to goof. I mean, that's what he does. So I was about to say, he just, he just does goofs, goofs, bits and goofs. He will push chairs around when no one else is around, but you can hear it. And he'll also like slam doors shut when there's no one else in the area. He also likes to play pranks on staff members and guests. I don't, they didn't specify what kind of pranks I'm guessing similar to like. I thought I put my keys over here. Oh no. Peg leg Johnny got them. They're so four I know, feet that away. I know that that, that is, but to me, I think the slamming of the doors is pretty spooky. And also that's a breeze Taylor. <laughs> No, <laughs> you can't convince me to breeze. But also pushing chairs around. I don't like that either. Mm-hmm. Numerous guests have reported strange occurrences in their rooms. Everything from hearing screams and moans to, and I know you're going to, you're going to roll your eyes at this. I can feel it already. Oh boy. People have reported seeing like pictures on the wall, like rotate the 360 degrees. <laughs> Who knows? Some people have also reported that when they go to like go into their room to open their door, that they can feel someone on the other side like pulling it shut and holding it closed. They have trouble getting in. Um, That's a sticky door. What? It's a sticky door. My bathroom door sticks. I, mean, I don't think there's someone sure, else. Sure, I mean, you can pushing. feel a door is sticky, but you can tell if someone's like, you can feel it if someone's pulling on the door. That's different yeah. than like doors jammed. Like, if you feel a force pulling it the other way, like, you know mm. what that feels like. I'm feeling spicy with anti ghost rhetoric today. I'm sorry. You are, <laughs> you're coming in hot on this. Like, you just I don't. Am. I'm just not having it tonight. So before I get into the next haunting, I have a question for you, Ben. Okay. Are you a fan of Stephen King at all? I think some of his earlier stuff is great. Okay. I haven't read anything he wrote in like the last like 10 years. But yes, I do like Stephen King. 
Have you ever read his short story, fourteen o Room 1408? I don't think so, but I know the story. Okay. For anyone who doesn't know the story, it takes place at a hotel in New York where a room is said to be so haunted that the hotel won't rent it out. And then this writer, Mike Enslin, who like writes horror and, and paranormal stories, but is an avowed like non-believer, kind of like you, Ben, yeah. begs to be allowed to stay in the room. And uh, I won't spoil anything, but it doesn't work out great for him. <laughs> no, no, it does not. There's also a movie there is based on this short story starring John Cusack. And I love John Cusack like a lot, uh, but I've, I've not seen the film. Because you're not a big horror movie person. I am not a horror movie person. I've not actually read anything by Stephen King. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's great, but it's not my genre. Fair. (laughs) Fair. Um, So I just, I haven't written anything. I haven't read anything by him, but Mm -hmm. you may guess where I'm going with this, but it's rumored that the story is actually based on a room at the Congress Hotel, room 441. I'm going to talk a little bit about room 441. It is located in the south tower of the building. Officials okay. say no other room in the city gets more calls to security or the front desk. In hmm. fact, the room is not even part of their usual rotation. A guest has to specifically request to stay in that room. Okay, so like someone's asking for that room and then they've got the stones to call up and go, it's scary in here. Yeah. That seems rude. Yeah. So what actually happens in this room? What makes it so scary? Apparently it is haunted by the spirit of a woman who is said to manifest at the end of the bed while guests are staying there. She, she appears as sort of like a shadow figure Mm -hmm. and she will kick the bed and kick you until you get up and leave. Rude. She doesn't like having people in her room. Um, Guests have also reported hearing strange noises and seeing objects move on their own throughout the room. What's interesting about this report is like, I have mentioned a lot of actual like documented deaths within the hotel. Mm -hmm. There are no documented deaths in this room. No documented deaths, no suicides, no murders, nothing. It is not clear who this woman is, where she came from, what she there's wants. a wild reputation. What? So there's just a wild reputation around this one room. Yes. And one thing that's mm-hmm. really interesting is that even before it became a room that like you had to specifically request to stay in when it was still like a room that you could re- normally rent out. Right. Is that all of the, all of the complaints were like the exact same. It was a woman kicked me, kicked the bed until we got up objects were moving we heard strange noises and i feel like a lot of times there's like that's not even the wildest story right like right it's not like this woman appeared and had like red eyes and was a deep like none of that it's just like this woman was kicking my bed and kicking me and i needed to go <laughs> so these I'm, I'm just trying to make the connection like these people are requesting this room because plausibly they know this stuff is happening and they're calling up going but this stuff is happening yeah i think a lot of people might be like you Vin, where it's like oh, okay 
you say this room is haunted. It's like any mm. other hotel room. Can I stay in 441? Right. And I want to point out that as far as I could tell in my research, it does not cost extra to stay in 441. Right. It has a normal room rate. And I kind of talked about this earlier where like some of the hotels we've talked about, they have like their haunted packages. They offer ghost tours. They're right. very, they're like, here's a list of the ghosts so that you know what you might be dealing with. The Congress Hotel doesn't do any of that. They do not offer ghost tours. They do not offer haunted packages. You are allowed to conduct your own investigations, but it's completely independent of the hotel. I like that. They mind their own business. They're not trying to cause any trouble. Yeah. I mean, to me, that kind of lends more credence Mm. to a situation of like, we've we've blocked off this room for a reason. Y'all want to stay there. Fine. Right. You have to request it. And then, but they'll still, I mean, they've had, they say that they still have people who will call and say like, I need another room for the night or we'll say like, I'm checking out right now. I was like, I feel like if you're going to be that much of a, you know, that abrasive about it, like, I insist on this room. You're stuck in that room for the night, buddy. Nah. Other rooms are gone. You are in there with that, with the, with the lady. Yeah. I, but that is, I mean, I, I wonder, and I guess that, that, I mean, there's no, I don't believe that Stephen King has said like specifically like this is based on. Right. Whereas like the shining is based on the Stanley hotel and, and like that is, he stayed at the Stanley hotel. Like that is what that story is about. I mean, that's not what that story is about, but like that's one that that hotel is based on. Right. Um, Shining. I do know. So I know I've not read The Shining. I've not seen The Shining, but I know enough. I've seen The Shining. It is brilliant. It is. And I'm not a big scary movie person, but like uh, it's a great, great film. I mean, I've heard very good things. Yeah. I it's not my it's not my scene. Um, and I've heard it's more about addiction. Like if you read the short, the, the novel, it's actually more about like addiction and fighting that sort of thing than it is. Right. I don't know. I've not read it. So I could be totally off right. base. But with this story, I don't think he's ever said like outwardly that this is about the Congress hotel. Mm-hmm. And again, it's sort of one of those things of like having a woman kick you is not that scary. Why is it forcing you out? I feel like, and all the stories are so similar. Like, what is right. going on? What's really going on? Has anyone not asked her to just knock it off? I don't know. My cat is causing difficulties. Oh, that sounds like her. Yeah, it really does. She's she crawled into the crawl space anymore? Two weeks ago. Wouldn't come out when I went after her. Like when I got all up in the crawl space looking for her. But Marion stands by the door going, get out here. And she just trots on out like she didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Oh man, cats. She's a bee. Does she let you pick her up? She does let me pick her up. Well, she doesn't have a choice. I pick her up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like cats have a choice. Probably. Maybe I'm dogs, not so much. (laughs) Yeah, no. The dogs you you you're done for. No, no, no. I mean, like you pick up a dog, like a dog's gonna come. Well, I feel like a dog would fight. I feel like a dog would fight fight back more than a cat is what I was thinking. No, I think cats fight back more. Mm. I think dogs okay. kind of accept their fate. Gotcha. Like my human's gonna squish me now. I guess I just have to be squished. Yeah. Perry yeah, has learned right. that. 
I bet Perry likes it secretly though. I think secretly he does. He gets, um, he's so cute about it. Cause like, you'll like give him a, like, I, I'll come home and he'll be in his bed and I'll like touch his head and immediately he flops onto his belly. Like he wants me to rub his belly, flop on right. his back for belly rubs. And he gets this face of like, like he's very excited and very happy Aww. that I am there. And then like my mom will come in and my dad will come in. We we call it all hands on dog. And so we'll all just be like petting him. And then he'll stand up and he'll shake and he'll walk away. <laughs> so he like, he's like, okay. Got my fill. I appreciate it. This was good. I'm done now. Moving on. He sets boundaries. Really. He's very good. Right. At that. Respect. Um, we haven't talked about my dog in a while. He's a Beagle Bassett mix. He lives with my parents. His name is Perry Como. And he is excellent. He's a great dog. He's a very good mm. dog. And your cat's name is? Iris. I don't know. I I don't. I feel like people with cats don't talk about their breeds like dog owners do. I, yeah, she's a tabby of some sort is really as best as I can do there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But. What were we? Po- I don't even remember what we were talking about. Oh, I, so j- I, that was the Congress Hotel. That's all I've got. Room four forty one is kind of. Is <laughs> where the idiots stay. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Wh- I, so this kind of brings it back. Of like, this is a room where like lots of stuff has happened to the point that the management has said, "You, we will not." I mean, if a guest is not there, it's right. It's not rented out. You have to request it. And obviously, because it has this reputation, and I think because people associate it with Stephen King, I think a lot of people stay there. Right. But when it's when it's not requested, it's not in use. And so it's that thing, too, of like, we know stuff has happened here, so we don't rent it out. Sort of that thing of like, do you have to tell people if there's, right. you know, been a murder or a suicide in a room? Like, they at least say like... This room has shit. It doesn't cost you any extra to stay there, but you have to, like, you have to request it if you want it. Otherwise, we don't rent it out. I mean, along with an extension of this idea is like, if something happens in a room, like, how long should the waiting period be? And like, do they have to tell you if you're the first person to stay there? Like, someone just died in this room two months ago. No one's been there since. You're up. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Well, I mean, I think. I don't know. I like, I don't know anyone in the hotel business. I don't know right, like, me either. what they would say about that of like, you know, is that even a violation of an, of a person's rights at that point? That was what I was thinking. Is there some sort of privacy law that we're completely missing? Where they? I will say that like, from a news standpoint, for the most part, we do not report suicides. Makes sense. It has no value to the public. Right. It only would then, you know, in my in my view of it, so like we we don't do it as a standard practice. Um, I don't know about other stations and other news stations. I feel like that's pretty common practice across the board is that you don't really report suicides. I guess um, is the idea part of it, like that you won't, don't want to encourage copycats. You don't want to encourage copycats. You don't want to hurt the family any more than they are. I mean, like, what is the point, you know, how does that affect the family? I don't know. If if there's no, if there's no threat to the public, there is no need to to put it on the news. Fair. 
So yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't report that. So it's the same thing of like, are you, prote- are you protecting privacy at that point? Is it a, I mean, could that be a HIPAA violation? I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. We need to get a doctor on. Yeah. I don't know any doctors, but yeah, let's get them on. Yeah. Get a cute doctor on. That's what I say. Okay. We'll do it. We'll get a cute doctor on (laughs) just for this. I feel like that is, (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of overlap between Jewish mothers and Southern mothers. Oh no. Of like, honey, don't you want to marry a nice doctor? (laughs) (laughs) I can't. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know enough about HIPAA to know if that's a violation. I mean, if a person this already- might be this might be the first episode where we spent more time talking about other shit than <laughs> than the actual ghost. Um, I mean, you were shit talking my ghosts and all my hauntings, and you were real spicy. So I just figured I I'd hear the conversation either. away. <laughs> I thought I would kind of get you though with like they don't have like fancy ghost packages and they don't have like ghost tours that you can take and they don't have a pamphlet about their ghosts. Um, Oh, I want to read about this hotel and see like what sort of like is it a particularly nice hotel? Like, are they? they It is a very nice hotel. And then that makes total sense to me. They don't want to acknowledge that sort of sordid past because they don't want every sort of dude showing up with some sort of homemade Geiger counter shit in their hotel. Also means that they're not mm-hmm. like. I mean, that hotel that we talked about in Austin mm-hmm. is a nice hotel, right? But they have like a ghost pamphlet with all the ghosts that you can find. Yeah, but Austin's entire shtick is be weird. True, mm-hmm. but I feel like there are other haunted hotels. I mean, I feel like. Oh yeah, oh I'm sure there are. I mean, we can do an episode on the Stanley Hotel. I would love to do an episode on the Stanley. Why, why not? Um, I don't know what's I know that's out in Colorado, I think. Yeah. Boulderish, isn't it? Boulder, yeah. Okay, so it's near Boulder, but it's like in Rocky Mountain National Park. Okay. But yeah, Boulder and like Fort Collins are like the two like cities of note nearby. Well, we could do we could do a Boulder episode. We could. I'm sure there's a drink called the Mountain High, Mile High or the Rocky Mountain, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. We've not done many episodes out west. No, not really. We have port. Well, I guess I guess now we kind of have because we did a couple of Texas episodes. A couple of Texas ones, L.A. L.A. We're gonna do Portland. Yeah. Also, if anyone has a drink idea for Portland that isn't just like an insufferable microbrew, please let me know. I just I think about like there is a song by Loretta Lynn and Jack White called Portland, Oregon. Okay. And it opens with Portland, Oregon and slow gin fizz. If that's not love, then tell me what is. So it always makes me think of slow gin fizz. And I don't know if that is a particularly Portland e drink. I don't know. I, I know what a slow gin fizz is. I have never associated it with Portland. It's Slow gin, just for it's it's a slow is a type of like plum that that is, that flavors the gin. So it's like a purpley red gin. Okay. And then you make a fizz, which 
you know, club soda, sugar, lemon juice, those sort of things. So it's delicious. I think that is a, as a nice like summer drink. So like, I don't know that that's specific to Portland or it could be anywhere. That's just yeah, it could be out. anywhere. I don't, I don't know. know. Nice summer evening. I don't know if that song is just it worked. You know what I mean? Like lyrically, mm-hmm. like Portland, right. Oregon, and slow gin fizz. If that's not love, then tell me what is. It's a good line. It's a great line. I mean, it could just be like because slow gin's kind of like you know niche that it's just it's just Portland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. Check out, I mean, it's off of the album Van Leer Rose, which mm-hmm. is the album, the first album that Loretta Lynn and Jack White did together. Right. And like that friendship to me is so amazing because like who would think Jack White and Loretta Lynn, but they are very good friends and they make amazing music together and it's brilliant. It's a brilliant record. I am going to find slow gin now. Well, yeah, do it. We're gonna we're gonna make a slow gin fizz. If we do Portland, we'll do a slow gin fizz. I love it. I I feel like I kind of helped pick a drink. You did help pick a drink. That's great. Which I've never done before. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, hi, Iris. Hmm? I don't She's think I've seen Iris I... in person. You may not have. She's very you... elusive. She is. And she was chewing cardboard boxes. So that had That's to stop. not Iris, my friend. She loves a cardboard box. You know, I feel like a lot of cats do. Yeah. I say never having had a cat or had mm. much experience with cats. Mm. She won't look at the camera. She's completely ignoring No, me. she's very good at like whenever I have a Zoom meeting or, or work meeting or anything. She's the first to be irritating and like get in the way, but she won't actually like get on screen. She's got better things to do. She does. She's got cat Rat. business. Mm. I think I'm a little drunk. I think I'm a little tipsy from the poor. Yeah, we are like really meandering now. You're going to have to cut a lot of scrap out. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. All right. That's our episode. That's our episode. Our intro and outro music is New Way by Billy Neptune. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. We are at Podcast Restless. Please give us a shout if you have ideas for the show or drink requests, ones that Taylor hasn't already come up with. And, yeah. you know, whatever you want us to talk about, whether it be, you know, hotels or, you know, dogs. slow gin or dogs. Yeah. We'll talk about all of it. Why not? You know, Absolutely. please also send us, you know, show notes or ideas or whatever you got at Restless Stories. Spirits Podcast. Stories. Guys, guys, I feel like I'm the Bernie Sanders meme every week with like, once again, I'm coming to you to ask for your ghost stories. But please, please, please send us your ghost stories. We want to hear. We want to, we really want to put together a a listener episode with your stories um, that we can share. And so whatever you got, any kind of weird shit, I want to know. Yes, please. Paranormal shit. I don't need to know about like, when I say weird, (laughs) please don't send me anything gross. Oh yeah. Please don't do that. But please send us like spooky, paranormal, alien, weird time jumps. Uh, any, I mean, that kind of stuff I want to know about. Glitches in the Matrix. Why not? Anyway, <laughs> follow us. 
follow us on social media, follow us everywhere. Please subscribe and review on iTunes. It really does help us sort of move up on lists and get seen. And we, we really want to keep doing what we're doing, but you know, we'd love to have more viewers and more viewer support. So, or listeners, I'm sorry, I keep calling you viewers and you don't really view a podcast. Say they're watching us somewhere somehow. We we do record it, so I mean, could leak one day. That's awkward. Very boring video of just yeah. like me sitting in my kitchen. Me just in the spare room, just like petting a cat for an hour. Great spare oom. Spare oom. I really was a, a big fan of Lion Witch in the Wardrobe when I was a kid. Oh my goodness. This has gone completely off the rails. Thank you. Yeah, this is weird. Have a great night. We'll be back next week. Goodbye.